Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so thankful for how good you have been to us. And truly, as we started singing this morning, as the group sang, uh, Lord, your goodness is running after, it's continually, Lord, a part of our life. You've been so good to us. Lord, we're thankful for you this morning. God, as we get into your word this morning, I pray that you would help us and, and Lord, help us with this, this fact of serving one another. That God, we as a church, that, that not only do we have it on the wall within the church, but that we are living it. That we are serving one another on a daily basis. Whether that is our other brothers and sisters in Christ or those that are lost in the, the world around us and our community around us, help us to be people who serve one another. God, I pray that you would be with me this morning. I need you. I pray that you would give me, Lord, just the, the strength, the, the words to say that, Lord, it, it might touch people's hearts this morning. And that, God, we would leave these doors today different than when we came in this morning. We love you, Father. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Just to give you kind of a context of this uh, church here in Philippi, Philippi was this cosmopolitan city, and the, the church community was very diverse. It was a very diverse church community. And in Acts chapter number 16, it shares with us and kind of shows us the diversity within this church. And it speaks of different individuals who were saved within that church. In the book of Acts chapter number 16, it speaks of, of, of a woman by the name of Lydia who was a part of the Philippian church and she was from Asia. It also speaks of this young Greek girl that was saved within this church. And then also we know of the Philippian jailer, amen? The, that story, that wonderful uh, story of the Philippian jailer. And he was off, uh, many people believe he was more than likely a Roman. So it kind of gives us a picture of the diversity of this, this church. And what Paul does in verses one and two is he encourages this church to have unity, to be of one mind and, and to have one heart and to be of one soul. And he, he speaks of those things and, and understand the best way that he shows us here to be of the, having the same mind is to serve one another. That's what he goes into. We have to serve one another. Church, I don't know about you, but let me just let me just say this by a raise of hand. Would you say you want unity at Fellowship Baptist Church? We want unity, right? And so we must serve one another, amen? If we desire to have this unity, you see, as Christians, there are a lot of things that, that often rob us of living in the grace of God. Do you ever lose your joy? Do you ever get upset? Right? I guess I'm the only one that gets upset. Do you ever lose your joy? You get, there's some things in life, little things in life that can cause us to lose our joy. Things like waking up late and, and getting yelled at by your boss, whether that's your wife or <laughs> whether that's what, at, at, at the workplace, right? Uh, uh, what about ad admitting here? Oh, this takes away your joy. Admitting that your spouse is right and you are wrong takes away your joy. What about going to McDonald's on a hot summer day 
and they tell you that the ice cream machine is broke once again, right? Lose little things that help cause us to lose our joy. But on a more serious note, there are things that rob us of our joy. Getting out of God's will will rob you of your joy. Losing a loved one, if we're not careful, will rob you of your joy. Losing your job, something goes wrong with one of your kids and they're away from God. If we're not careful, we can lose our joy. Focusing on the negative things of life will rob you of your joy. But there's one thing that will surely rob us of experiencing joy in our lives, and that is selfishness. Selfishness will rob you of your joy. And we must learn to give up selfishness here at Fellowship Baptist Church and in our Christian lives and and start serving one another. You see, our culture has a me first attitude, right? A me first type of, of attitude, right? right? I'm going to look out for myself first. I'm going to look out for, for me, number one. Have you ever met a person that was just consumed with self? Consumed with self? Those are hard people to be around. It really is, right? They, they only talk about themselves and they never ask you how you're doing or what's going on in your life. Those are hard to build relationships with people like that. Someone who is always consumed with them, themselves. But the truth is, is when we make ourselves nothing, that's when we become something. Let me say that again. When we make ourselves nothing, that is when we become something. I don't mean to say have a low self-esteem, right? That's not what I'm trying to say this morning. I'm not trying to say, look down on yourself and say that, think that you have no value in life because you have value with God, amen? He values your life. I'm not talking about low self-esteem this morning, we should be confident as Christians. We should be confident. Why? Because as we've been talking about in the book of Colossians, we are complete in Him. That's where our confidence should come. We should be confident people. But what I am trying to say, it is so important for you and I to follow the example of Christ, both individually and as a church. A body of believers who who say, hey, we're going to make ourselves nothing in order to serve people like we should. So this morning, I want us to look at serving one another according to this passage. Number one, if we are going to serve one another like we are supposed to, we must avoid strife and vainglory. We must avoid strife and vainglory. Look at verse number three. Let nothing, nothing means what, church? Nothing. Right? You don't have to look at the Greek for that one. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. That word strife is the, uh, uh, the Greek word. Just, I just made fun of that. Urethia, it means a desire to put oneself forward. To put oneself forward forward. It means selfish ambition. One commentary said that strife speaks of the pride that prompts people to push to get their own way. That's what this word strife means. You see, the root of the conflict that we often experience in relationships, that we often experience within churches, 
is not the people, it's not the circumstances, but most of the time we experience conflict. Why? Because we are not getting our way. We aren't getting our way. And that's what starts conflict. Think of the last time that you had an argument, all right? Some of us, it might take a while to think about that. Some of us, not so much. Think of the last time that you had an argument. Maybe, maybe it was with uh, your boss at work this last week. Maybe it was with your children. Maybe it, was with, maybe it was with your spouse in the church parking lot this morning, right? When's the last time that you found yourself arguing with someone and what, what the, think about what the real problem was. Oftentimes with arguments, the real problem that boils down to, we are not getting our way. And it starts a, it starts a fight. It starts a, an argument in our life. I'm sure you've seen this in life, in your own life. I'm sure you've seen this within churches. People always push to get their own way. And I've even experienced it at, at, at church. Sometimes people, to push to get their own way, will even threaten certain things. In churches, right? Strife and vainglory. Let nothing be done through strife. Through this self-ambition. You see, churches will battle over the craziest things. Churches will battle, battle over, hey, if the pastor, if he's going to wear a tie or not, or hey, is the, are the carpet, is it going to be gray or is it going to be brown or is it going to be purple or pink? Listen, we, we fight over these things. We argue over these, these, these things, these silly things, over, over ministry ideas. We argue with people that we love over silly things like, hey, listen, what movie are we going to watch tonight? What kind of food are we going to eat tonight? And, and it turns into this, this small little thing. If we don't get our way, it turns into this argument. Listen, selfish ambition is all around us. Selfish ambition simply says, I'm not getting my way and I am mad about it. You're not going to serve other people if you have that type of attitude. You're not going to serve one another like you should if you have that type of attitude. Listen, if we're going to serve one another, we need to stop thinking about getting our own way and serve people. We need to start thinking about Stop thinking about getting our own way. We must avoid strife. But the second thing that he says here is vain glory. That simply means empty glory. Empty glory. And I believe that this part right here is so important for us to understand this morning. And here's the reason why. Because every believer, our top priority should be to make sure that God is glorified through our lives. That should be our top priority, that God is glorified through our lives. The problem comes when we start putting our glory and our desires ahead of God's. You see, most of us would never do that intentionally. I don't think any of us in here would say, oh, I want to, I'm going to follow my desires and my wants, and I'm not going to follow God's. I don't think any of us in here would say that intentionally. But often we find ourselves going that way. Often we find ourselves living in that, that way. A lot of times we are after our own agenda and not God's. 
The biggest problem that many of us have is the fact that we struggle with ourselves. You know, that's my biggest problem, myself. We struggle with ourselves. We are more concerned about getting our way than God getting his way. God has, you know, God has a top priority. And that is that his son would be glorified. That his son might be glorified. And when we don't share that same priority, it becomes about our glory and not his. He says, let nothing be done through strife, through this selfish type ambition, through vain glory, this empty glory. If we are going to be successful and if we are going to be a united church, we must seek God's glory and not our own. I have one person agrees with me this morning, right? We must allow him to receive his glory, not our own. But number two, we also see that we need to put others before ourselves. Put others before yourself. It's like, oh, why are we talking about this? <laughs> I don't want to put other people ahead of me. Put people ahead or before yourself. You see, as Christians, we are called to a new standard. I believe that. As Christians, we are called to a new standard. We are called to have the attitude of you ahead of me. You ahead of me. How do we do this? It, it seems so hard to do that, doesn't it? To put other people ahead of us, ahead of our, ourselves. I, I believe it tells us here in verse number three that the, one of the ways that we can do this is view others as more important than self. View others more important than self. Look at verse number three. Let nothing be th done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Do you believe this Bible? Let each esteem others better than themselves. That is the ultimate definition of humility, church. Don't you love being around humble people? Right? Don't you love to be around people who really care for you? Who are who they try, they try to build you up, they try to encourage you. They view you as someone who's important. You you enjoy that? It's good to be around those type of people. That should be the type of people here at Fellowship Baptist Church. That go around serving one another. That go around encouraging one another. You know, we all go through difficult times. Every single one of us in here could probably say something that they're going through, that a difficult time in their life. Some trial that they might be going through. We all face those things and we all need help from one another. We need others to help serve us. It, it, it reminds me of a, of a story of a governor this governor, he decided to go to this community lunch. And they had this community lunch. And as the governor began to make his way through the line, and as they were handing out the food, many volunteers, he came to this woman, and, and this woman put a piece of chicken on his plate. The governor looked at her and said, ma'am, can, can I please have another piece of chicken? And she said, I'm sorry, sir. I'm only supposed to give one per person. 
And the man said, the governor looked at her and said, but I, I'm starving. And the woman said, well, I'm sorry, only one per person. The governor looked at that lady and said, he, he was normally a hum, pretty humble guy, but he said, he thought to himself, I'm gonna kind of throw my weight around a little bit here. So he looked at the lady serving the chicken and said, ma'am, do you know who I am? And she said, no, sir. He said, I am the governor of this state. She looked at him and said, sir, do you know who I am? I am the lady in charge of the chicken. Please move along. Right? A lot of times we have that same type of attitude in our lives that, that we, we feel entitled to things, don't we? Oh, I'm the pastor. You need to do this and this and this for me. We feel entitled. Right? It, it's that human type of flesh. And if we're not careful, we'll live our lives that way with pride. And understand that is not the Bible way. You understand? Listen, the world's way is about me. Jesus' way is about others. The world's way is about me. Me, number one, Jesus says, no, it's about serving other people. Look at verse number four. He says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Look not every man on his own things. What he's really saying here is don't look only at your own needs. Paul isn't saying here that we cannot provide for ourselves and for our families because the Bible says that if we do not provide for our families, we are worse than an infidel. Not what he's trying to say. He's not trying to say to do not provide for your own needs, but he says what he's saying here is look out for the interests of others. That is a responsibility of every believer to serve one another in a way that's going to build each other up. We must ask ourselves the question, do I come to church? Listen, ask yourself this question. When I come to church, do I come looking for what I can get out of it? Looking to see if anyone is going to serve me? Or when I come to church, do I come and ask, what can I put into the service? How can I serve someone today? Church, I don't want to be a church that comes in and we just have a bunch of people that care only for themselves. And I'm not saying that we have that, but church, we need to make sure that serving others is a priority in our life. That it is a focus that we have. That not only is it just a core value that sits on our wall each and every week and we see it, but it's something that we apply to our lives. We have a responsibility. Listen, we must be looking for opportunities to serve one another here at Fellowship Baptist Church. The sad thing is, is though we often look for ways to avoid serving people. Because you know, serving people, sometimes it will take your time. You know, serving people, sometimes it will require some financial help some sacrifice. And oftentimes we, we step back and say, well, what can I do to avoid serving someone? I don't have time for that. I don't have the money to do that. I don't have the heart for that. 
Some of the most rewarding times in your life will be the times that you're busy serving someone else. Some of the most rewarding times in your life will be the times that you are busy serving people. I'm thankful for the people who serve here at Fellowship Baptist Church. Aren't you? I'm thankful for those who serve each. I mean, Brother Fred, he's, he's, not, he's not on the payroll, but he's here more than I am. That's a joke. Listen, there's people here at Fellowship Baptist Church that live with servant's heart. That's what, who we want to be. That's who we desire to be here at Fellowship Baptist Church. But then lastly, here it is. If we're gonna serve other people the way that we should, yes, we must avoid strife. We must avoid vainglory. We must put others before ourselves. But then here's it, here it is lastly, we must look to our example. We must look to our example. And let me say this, our example that I'm talking about is not anyone in this building today. Our example is Jesus Christ. Look at verse number five, the Bible says this, let this mind be in you. Church, let me say to you, let this mind, the mind of a servant be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. This is Jesus we're talking about, who took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Listen, Jesus had the mind of a servant. Amen? Jesus had the mind of a servant. Jesus is our ultimate example this morning. The Bible says, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many, that's how Jesus came to this earth. He's our example. That's how we should live to, to minister people. It's not all about me. It's about others. You see, every ministry that we do here at, at, at Fellowship Baptist Church, the reason why we have ministries is for the purpose of others. It's to help other people. The reason that we have nursery workers who watch our kids is so that the parents can sit and enjoy a service, right? The reason that we sing songs and we have a choir is so that we can be a blessing to others with the words that we sing. The reason that we have Sunday school teachers is, is, is so that people might learn the word of God. It's to help other people. And the, the question that I try to ask myself sometimes is why can't we fill these needs? Why can't we have enough nursery workers? Why can't we have enough choir members? Why can't we have enough Sunday school teachers? Why do we struggle with these things? It's because we do not have the mind of a servant. When we come to church, it's about me. I don't want to change a stinky diaper, right? Thank goodness for ladies who change diapers. Listen, it's all about me. Jesus said, no, it's about being a servant. In verses six and seven, he says, who being in the form of God, 
thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. You understand that Jesus never stopped being God. Amen? He never stopped being God. He never gave up his claim to deity. But he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What did Jesus, listen, what Jesus did do was to set aside his position of honor as the King of kings and the Lord of lords to become a servant. The suffering servant of God. Jesus left his home in heaven to put on flesh so that he could suffer, so that he could be tempted, so that he felt the pain of rejection, so that he did all, listen, and he did all of those things because of his love toward us. He humbled himself. See, through humility, Christ is glorified. Look at verses nine through 11. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Jesus emptied himself, but oh, he is now exalted, and one day, the one day that we look forward to, every knee is going to bow at his feet, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But you see, because he humbled himself as a servant, now he is exalted. Jesus is our example. Are we looking to our example? You see, oftentimes, here's the problem. We try to compare our lives and how we serve one another by comparing ourselves to each other, right? Oh, I'm doing all right. I serve, I do more than so-and-so. Oh, I'm the right type of servant that I need to be. This person, they've been going to church for 10 years now and, and they don't even serve. And I've, I've been going here for two years and, and I'm, I'm plugged in, I'm serving. That's a problem when we try to compare ourselves with one another. That's why we must look to our example. Look to our example who humbled himself as Jesus did. I love the story. Jesus is our perfect example of humility. I love the story when Jesus came and before he was going to have that last supper, he sat down and he took a towel and wrapped it around his waist and began to wash his disciples' feet. And he began to take his own towel around his waist and dry the feet of those, those men, of those disciples. Jesus humbled himself so much that he came and washed his disciples' feet. And after he washed their feet, we come to Luke chapter 22, verses 24. The Bible says this, and there was also a strife among them. After Jesus washes their feet, they begin to fight. They begin to argue. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? And he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors, but ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I 
am among you as he that serveth. Jesus was humble. He was willing to give up his rights in order to serve people. See, like Jesus, we must serve God and we must serve one another out of love, not out of guilt or out of fear, but out of love. Serving one another. Church, it's going to take us to avoid strife and vainglory. As hard as it might be in our life, we have got to quit with this selfish ambition and this empty glory. If we're going to serve other people like we need to, then we are going to have to put other people before ourselves. And lastly, we're going to have to look to our ultimate example in Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus was and is the ultimate example of serving others. I'm thankful that he put us first, amen? He put us first. Not because he had to, but because he loved us. Listen, let us all be challenged this morning to leave here and go out striving as a church, as individuals, to serve people, amen? Let us be the type of people who are willing to serve. And let me say this, people are going to let you down sometimes, amen? I'm going to let you down. I might say something and not do it. Forget about it. We will let each other down. But understand, don't let that cause you to stop serving one another. Why? Because we don't look to one another. We look to our ultimate example, and that was Jesus Christ, who humbled himself all the way to the cross. I'm thankful for Jesus this morning. I'm thankful that he teaches us how to serve others. Will we be a church that puts Jesus first in our lives so that we might serve one another like we should? Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.